Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. I'm Haley Helveston. I'm your guide to love. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Alexa Martinez here, and she's a sex coach and business mentor. Welcome. Thanks, Haley. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. So excited. Love seeing another woman who is doing the work that we're both doing. So tell everybody more about what you're doing. Yeah. So I am a sex, love, and relationship coach and also a sex coach business mentor. So people who want to shift niches, want to put more sex and love into their current coaching practices, whether they're health, fitness, nutrition, spirituality, any type of life coach that wants more education in order to incorporate more sex, love, and relationship stuff into their coaching practice. I work with those types of people as well. My first love is working is doing the work. (laughs) Sex educating is helping people break through barriers, release shame, do all the work. It's my jam. (laughs) I love that though, because I think that that's something that, you know, I talk to people like this that are doing this work every day and I forget that most people, we don't have sexual education that's actually good. Right. Right. I'm from South Louisiana. So, and you said you're Alabama, right? Both, um, abstinence only education it, the what's mandated is not even necessarily medically accurate so it's um it's definitely something that i took into adulthood like i i feel responsible i need to go and get this information uh especially at times when growing up and going through young adulthood where it was like man there are some major flaws to the system and holes uh in what i know and what i don't know about myself my body the way that it works And um, at one stage it was like, okay, well, I guess I get to take responsibility and get this information um, as an adult. Just so happens that I, over time, have looked at being able to infuse more fun. So it's not like sitting, you know, in a really awkward ninth grade class getting the information. It gets to look very different now as an adult. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, I remember just sitting there and they showed the pictures of the STDs and then how to use a condom. And it was the most traumatic experience. And I remember saying, I'm never going to do that. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So what got you into this work? So um, I have a pretty colorful story um, and I'll, I'll try to give the cliff note version of it. But um, again, deep South Louisiana, my family has been in New Orleans for over 300 years. So since before New Orleans was named New Orleans, like came over on a boat from France, kind, kind of people. Yeah. They'll, they'll never leave. (laughs) I don't think. Um, and just like Catholic roots running really deep, grew up with church on a Wednesday, church on a Sunday, went to Catholic school, Um, but the family didn't really practice it, but I just had that messaging in all of the uh, other areas of life and and growth and development. And um, I only knew and understood life and being successful in life and being successful as a young woman. I only understood it happening one way, and that was, you know, go to college because I'm afforded the opportunity to do that at this day and age. And, but really, all I'm truly looking for is a man Mm -hmm. to fill the role to protect, to do the main breadwinning that I can build a life and a family with and have the kids and the dog and the picket fence and, you know, the whole, the whole American dream deal. And that was all that I understood. And then going through college, I had my high school sweetheart was who I went all through. I had from high school all the way to the end of college. And it didn't unfold the way that I, I had a tight grip around it happening in that particular way. And 
sex was stressful. I didn't really understand. I only understood that my body was my, my body equaled my worth and my value. And if it was being used in a particular way, it was already bad enough that I didn't wait till marriage. And then there was all of this confusion about what, how am I supposed to show up? What am I supposed to do with it? And if my body is my worth and it's not being essentially used, then I am not worthy or valuable, or maybe something's wrong with me. And that started a lot of just general, it was confusing beforehand, but then how I was supposed to operate in sex and everything afterwards was, it was even more so after that relationship ended and everything, it seemed like blew up. I didn't know where I was going to go in life. Graduated college with a degree in forensic science and biology and um, wound up joining cruise ships, like this is where the story really gets colorful, is that I graduated college and about two or three months after I graduated, I met a guy on a ship when I was on vacation. He was a crew member and we fell in very quick love. And he essentially afforded me a fairy tale of travel around the world, mm. cruise ships. So for four years, we were in a relationship um, living and traveling all over the world. And then for another two years after that relationship ended, I continued traveling. So I lived on cruise ships for almost six years. I visited 79 countries while traveling on ships and was on 19 different cruise ships on five different cruise lines. So princess, Norwegian, carnival, Royal Caribbean, all mm -hmm. of them, celebrity. Um, so that was where I learned the just I had the most confusion, the most growth, um, a lot of ahas. Travel is still the greatest personal development I think mm -hmm. I'll ever experience. Um, that relationship, while on the outside looked like a fairy tale, on the inside it was a tumultuous mess. He was from a different country, he was from South Africa. It was just like a lot. Um, and it was sexless, and there was confusion around STIs, there was infidelity. There was just so much more for me to get confused and not, not know what my place was in relationship um, and in sex. And it was on the other side of that relationship that, um, that I wound up really diving deep into personal development to find who, who I am in all of this. Uh, went into health and fitness, went into nutrition, went into mindset, went into NLP, all of this, and then started dating again and realized that all the work that I'd been doing didn't seem to translate. As soon as I would start talking and navigating with guys, with men or women, I would just kind of like not trust myself, wasn't sure, and um, essentially got introduced to consensual non-monogamy and BDSM and kink roughly in the same space and started experiencing extreme personal growth through those types of conversations and experiences. And so ensued a lot of studying um, and then to kind of speed up the, 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 the trying to be the cliff notes, um, I went to an AFAS. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Yes. I love vision. Yes. Yeah. So I went to my first AFAST, connected with people who were in this space. Um, and so far I've been, I've been to three of them. I haven't been in the last couple of years, but I've been to three of them. I made a lot of amazing connections and, um, I wound up making the connections that I needed with, I would say like soul family. Mm -hmm. uh, that would show up in front of me and say, this is your calling. Like you, the way you're curious about this, the way you help people with this, the way you show up in this, do something with it. Like this is your thing. And I'm just like, no, 
this is like weird, you know, edgy, I know. And, and my family, what will they say? And eventually I didn't, that didn't last long before I started writing and podcasting and speaking and then eventually coaching in this realm, um, community building. And now it's like, it's taken on a whole life of its own. And, and it's pretty incredible. Like what someone can do today, a biz, like what people can, you just create money. You can create business. You can create, and it's, it's so fascinating. And I hope that my, I mean, I'm three and a half years in, I hope that it, it's always this fascinating, you know, like there's this much to learn and there's so much further to go at every step. Mm. Well, I love everything he just said, um, because I agree with you. I think that that's something that, you know, for me, I was a health coach and then it dove into this mm-hmm. and I remember saying, oh, I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. But kind of similar to your story in terms of, well, I don't know if I can talk about that online with me growing up in my past. What are my parents going to think? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I had a moment and I was not, I realize now that I could have been a bit more gracious with how I came out with this is my passion and this is what I'm going to do with my life now. Mm-hmm no one at home understood at all. And it was just like, bam, in their face. I could have, I could have been a little more gracious. I could have been a little more like ease them into the conversation instead of it was just like, bam, I'm now writing deep, dark parts of who I am, what I am. And I'm the baby of the family. So it's like, what is going on? She's sharing all this really deep, vulnerable stuff. Is she going to share stuff about the family? It was very, it, it was a stressful time. And we broke through it and came out on the other side. And I I think that that's an element of like, when I work with coaches who want to start doing this, that's a big part of it's already, they're already working through the fact that they're doing something unconventional Mm -hmm. business online and putting themselves out there. And then it's the, the starts to shift more to sex stuff. It's like, Ooh, a whole nother level of that. Cause it's going through their own sex stuff and relationships and heartbreaks and all that. And now shifting it to be, in front of people and that's like a whole that's a whole thing and then what will family and friends say it's a it's a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh I so agree with you on that that's how I saw business mentors like oh yeah I get what you're doing because yeah like I remember when I um I didn't get clients for the longest time because I remember like I kind of tiptoed around what I was doing and I was really nervous about talking about it online um, but why do you think, cause it seems like our society has come so far, more and more people are open sexually, but are we still not where it's okay to talk about it? I mean, I think the conversations are getting they're they're being had more frequently than, mm-hmm. you know, a few years ago and sex tech is a multi-billion dollar industry oh, yeah. and we're having conversations about, you know, the orgasm gap or we're having conversations <clears throat> and memes are being created, you know, that are, that are effective and charts are coming out and circulating that have like the realities of sex and, and, and anatomy and people. And so I think access to information is much bigger, just having the, the internet in, in people's hands most of the day. I think that the conversations are having, uh, are being had a bit more, um, the depth. I'm not sure. I think that, you know, even if it's baby steps, we're, we're progressing. And in some spaces, I would say the, the progression is happening a bit faster. I mean, I live in Austin now. So as soon as, 
and it's very different to New Orleans. And even my, my little town is about 15 minutes south of New Orleans. So we start talking about sex and it's a totally different thing over there. Mm -hmm. so I, so my Instagram handle is at that sex chick. The reason why I made it that <clears throat> is because I'm oftentimes in a vicinity and people, someone will know out of a group what I do and they will say, Hey, have you met Alexa? She's that sex chick. And I've heard it so much that I just went with that for branding. Oh, I love and, it. And, and it works. So, so we've kept it, um, or I've kept it, but so that here in Austin is a totally different conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, they'll immediately go into storytelling, immediately going it, go into how they reclaimed something or had a spiritual experience or, you know, it, it just depends where you're at. And I think some places are a little bit more progressive. They're a little bit further along, but at least the conversations seem to be being had more often and we're working on the depth. Mm. Yeah. I totally agree with you about that. I mean, to be honest with you, when I'm back home, I don't talk about any of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is different, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Atlanta's more, mm -hmm. um, but what is the main problem that your clients come to you for? Is it, just they can't have an orgasm or they're not in touch with their sexuality? Um, I'd say, so I run a community online now. It's on Facebook. It's called The Kaleidoscope. We have, I think, about 4,700 members now. And it's, it's a group that has grown very organically over the last three and a half or so years. And um, it's been featured in a couple of you know, pretty big publications like the New York Times. And I, I love curating that space and I love that it's getting, you know, um, it's getting that recognition as I think that when the New York Times article came out, it was the, the title of the article is sex ed for grownups. Mm. And so when I first started that group, I had no idea what it was going to do. Like I, I like really branding and marketing all, I didn't know what the position was for it. And my ideal client you know, the people that I really like to work with, it's a kind of a more businessy term, ideal client avatar, but mm -hmm. it's, it's typically a particular type of woman. And this group was all people from all over the world, all different age ranges, nationalities, ethnicities, everything. And so I, you know, looking at the group, what comes up there is such a wide variety of stuff, of just general questions. And at the base of almost all the questions that get asked is, am I normal? Is yeah. this okay? And what do, you know, I don't think that everybody's saying y'all, but I say y'all, what do y'all think, yeah. you know, um, to the other people in the group. And other than those kinds of questions and, and statements and storytelling, it's, them, it's, it's them having permission to share anything or to have a space to share anything. Now, my clients specifically oftentimes come to me because they want more from their sex life and they want more from their relationships and they know that more is available, but they're not sure how to get the more and what the more is. And so people come to me when they want to go on a journey of self and sex um, development and exploration. So it's like getting really deep into who they are and what they want, what their boundaries are, their desires, uh, making space for new and different, and then shifting into what is available and what, what are you most excited about? And now let's go get those things. So I, I'd say people come to me when they want more. They don't know what the more is. I lay it out. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah, I love what you're doing because I think that 
Uh, one thing that I've noticed, and I wonder if you've noticed this, where it's like people go to all these different areas and then finally they go to sex, right? Like health, mm-hmm. spirituality, they may dive into plant medicine. Maybe they may go like super woo-woo, but mm-hmm. then they still haven't dealt with the sexuality piece. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I write about that and I talk about all, that all the time. But, and it was the same for me. Mm-hmm. I went all these different routes. Literally, like every route that I could, I could see that I could grow from, I went there. And when it didn't translate into sex, specifically sex, and of course relationships too, uh, it was an oh shit kind of moment. Like what, I, I guess there, there's some learning to do there. But I mean, it, it happened, my life unfolded that way. <laughs> you know, where I was able to get some of those breakthroughs as a part of my life and outside of my coaching and everything. And because it was before coaching was even a thing for me, an idea for me. And, um, what I see with clients, it's like, they're just bumping into stuff and are like, I just, I'm just not getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. It's like, let, let me show you how we're going to access it. We're going to go from, you know, when I say all these different routes, but literally from the root we're finally going to go to the root of the causes and the root of the, um, of the issues. And then how that translates, you know, going into sex, how that winds up translating into all the other areas is pretty fascinating. I don't know if that, if you've experienced that in your life or you experience that with your clients. Yes, definitely with both. And that's one thing that it's almost like, um, if a woman can't receive sexually, maybe she stops herself from having an orgasm, or maybe she doesn't even try to have that. Dread translates into lack of money or, or a variety of reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, so why do you think so many women struggle sexually? Is that still because of the fact that our society is so male focused? Like it talks about women, but it's still mainly focused on men. It seems like. I think, I think women are, um, especially today mm-hmm. uh, with the 2020 and I'll use air quotes, but the, the, it's not even air quotes. It's an actual thing is the feminists of today Mm -hmm. shouting it out as loud as they possibly can. There's a lot more on, on the general populations. There's a lot more that they're seeing now than they ever would have been seeing five, 10 years ago, you Mm -hmm. know? So what I think, and the question was, why do I think that there's, still a challenge sexually. Um, the first thing that comes to mind whenever I hear that question is because I think a lot of women are bored. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think a lot of women are bored with what's available. And that is, it's a call up essentially uh, for men to do more, to be more, to uh, learn about the women that they're with, to create nuances, right? It, um, I think that a lot of people understand monogamy, being in a committed partnership two people, um, and which is technically serial monogamy because most people are not with the same person that they ever were with. And that's the only one that they have in their lifetime. But, you know, we live to a really old age now. And so most people are going to have several partners. It's the reason why like, um, a a large part of the population will have a second and even a third marriage. And it's like, how do we, how do we make this work? Um, a lot of times what I experience with couples or women who are post-divorce or long-term relationship is I just don't want to do what I like. I don't, I don't want what I had. 
Um, and then I say, what did you have? It was stale. It was bored. It was forced. I felt like it was an obligation. It wasn't mm -hmm. happening. I didn't, I got to a point where I didn't even care if he was cheating. I didn't even care if he was going to, to get in other places. I just wanted to be left alone. I was fine. And they come to me and they're like, I'm ready to have sex again. I, I'm ready to feel in my body. I want to experience adventure and all of that. So there's a paradox in relationships where it's like, I want security, but I also want adventure. Mm. I want spontaneity, but I also want to have routine. And so, you know, this is human nature. These are the things that get the neurochemicals like flowing, you know, that, that up and the down. So you're not just having a steady stream of like monotonous stuff happening, routine happening. You want the peaks and the troughs of excitement. And so in long-term relationship, or even for some people, it's relatively soon when they get into relationship routines and cycles and different things play out and um and boredom can happen and so if we know that and i have not met a couple that hasn't experienced that to some degree that's like if you know that that's what happens and humans are built in a particular predictable way then using our logic and what makes this, us great i would say as humans so we can participate with this knowledge Okay, so that means we've got to try things. We've got to do things. We've got to put our bodies in close proximity to one another. We've got to make sure we get that skin-to-skin -skin contact, even when it feels awkward, plan new things, do participate with our sex life. It's not just this thing that's, I'm passive in it, and it just happens when it happens. So I think, you know, for women to take responsibility to learn new things and learn more about themselves, and men to take responsibility in learning variety and depth and connection and to make sex the thing things that like top of priority so yes i'm learning about all these different things in my life and i'm also learning about a, a portion of that is my sexuality and if a couple can do that together that's pretty incredible i'd say you know and i'm in a relationship where it's a big focus for us and i'd say it's it's still a touch and go even as much as we focus on it it's still a touch and go so i say Yes, boredom. And there's so much opportunity in that. <laughs> mm. I like that you said that. That, that. that is so true, though, because think about the, I mean, hello, I've, been, I've experienced this personally in relationships. I'm sure the women have listening have experienced this where you literally do like what the same three positions and then you're like, oh, I'm just so over it. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And even, and even you could even have an orgasm in all three positions every mm -hmm. time sex happens. And that is not a marker of great sex. So now we're looking at the orgasm gap and then it, it really, I think that that's beautiful that we're having that conversation. And for those who are listening that may not know if you haven't spoken about that before, but it's that men have um, statistically more orgasms mm -hmm. sex than women. So we're at least having that conversation. But now it's like, ooh, this goal-oriented thing that orgasm is the goal. And I have had some of the most incredible experiences sexually that did not involve orgasm. I've had amazing experience that experiences that didn't even involve penetration. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yes, I, I like that we're talking about personally, I love that we're talking about the orgasm gap. And I love that we're talking about orgasms in general. Um, but great sex doesn't mean have orgasm because, you know, my partner knows exactly the position, exactly the friction, exactly the place to put me in. Mm -hmm. There's an orgasm almost every time. And that is also over time boring. You know, so an orgasm to be the goal is, you know, that takes the focus from the person and makes it all about, I just got to achieve that thing. And then I did a good job, you know, instead of being in the body, being in her body or him being in his body and being very present 
Um, I really like the phrase that the currency in great sex and the currency in great connection is deep presence. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I also think that I like how you said the fact that both men and women need to take responsibility, right? I think so many times women will be like, well, he's not giving me an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So then it's, when's the last time you gave yourself one and have you oh. taught him how and showed him your body and what your responses are? Um, yeah, absolutely. And then for the, for the men, it's like, Hey, I know you might have your go-to moves because your go-to moves don't work on everyone. <laughs> yeah. Learn your lady. It's a learner. And it's not just her body. <clears throat> it's also her mind because I would say that that's a, a piece of it, right? Uh, oftentimes men, will absorb porn, visual, uh, you know, on a screen. And erotica is more consumed by women. So it's the imagination. And so if you can, if you can play, you know, for any men that's, that's listening, I'm sure that there's women that's gonna agree with this, but if you can play with the imagination, then um, what becomes available and accessible when it comes to sex itself, the act itself, is pretty phenomenal. Oh, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think that, um, what is it? Sapiosexual is the turned on through the, the mind, right? The intellect. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Like a turn on. It's like, ooh, someone is real smart and articulate and knowledgeable. And that's re um, relative, right? Because somebody might, depending on the, the subject matter or the topic, and gets turned on by whatever the person that they're listening to can deliver. Mm, yeah. Okay. And then what about this too? What is it? I think it's 40% of American couples are sexless. Do you think that's, that percentage is true? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but um, it seems high, but I also wouldn't be surprised. I haven't looked at those stats in a while. Did, did you take that from somewhere? No. Well, I just interviewed a woman and she told me that. Uh, okay. Um, but I didn't know it was that high. That's okay. why I'm like, what? Super high. And I, and I imagine she also then spoke about sexless, meaning one, less than one time per month over the course of a year is yes. when it's given that term of sexless. Um, I was in a sexless relationship. I was engaged when I lived on ships, that part of the story. And it was so heartbreaking. Mm. So heartbreaking. I, you know, I've been in relationships where I just didn't want the sex and it was just like, oh, I just can't even be bothered. I'm so annoyed. There's compounded other stuff in the relationship that's not resolved and not being talked about. So I'm not feeling seen. I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling expressed. And he's thinking, I just want to be intimate. I just want to connect. And also probably I just want to stress relief. I just want to get mm -hmm. off. And, um, I've been in, I've been in those kinds of relationships where it's like, I'm just pushing the sex away. And then I've also been on the side where I, I put, I bought the lingerie, I put on the sexy music, I, I did the makeup and he still ignored me. Mm. And, and I, and I tried and I had the conversations in it and, and, but albeit I had the conversations in a way of like, what's wrong with you or what's wrong with me? Like there was something wrong. Um, and so I've been on that side too, where it's like, I'm just wanting that connection and and I don't know what, what's going on. And so, yeah, just knowing that, you know, I'll be 32 this year and I've been into relationships that, that had one more so than the other, where it was basically sexless. Mm -hmm. um, one in particular was for a couple of years and we were in an engagement. So, um, yeah, I'm not, 
while I'm slightly surprised that the number is that high, I'm also not that surprised. So yeah, kind of wild. Yes, it is. And I brought that up to say, do you have people reach out to you that are in sexist relationships? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first, I will never forget it. It was one of the most challenging uh, clients that I had in the beginning because at, at first I just wanted to help everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't really understand the power in niching down, meaning working with a very particular type of person. That way I can actually get my message across. Um, I, I was just like, oh, everybody needs this medicine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did that too. So I worked with everyone and, uh, and so I didn't make very much money at that time, but I got to experience a lot of different people. Um, so singles and couples, varying ages, everything from submissive men who didn't know how to operate in dating to hyper-masculine alpha female women to couples that were like wanting to upgrade and then couples that were just like really struggling. And the one, the one that I'm thinking of right now, um, they had a three-year-old and they hadn't had sex since the bait, since she was pregnant since, and I think it was since they conceived and the baby was still breastfeeding. So he's a toddler now breastfeeding. And so her body was still being used for, for food, like the touch, all of the oxytocin that's nest, you know, that she was mm -hmm. getting her touch. That kid was like in there and the husband was just being crushed by the lack of intimacy. And, um, and it was one of the most challenging first was within the first year that I had started coaching. And I was like, wow, this is really, it's, it's real. And, and it is a lot of people's reality, but yeah, people have come to me. And, um, after that particular situation, I took a break and wanted to learn more. So I did a lot more studying on relationship dynamics, um, family dynamics, uh, the neurochemistry that's at play between mother and child, husband and wife, um, reading books on the brain as far as the female brain and the male brain and the different stages. So yeah, I took some time and I very recently started working with couples again because uh, I also have a bit of a filtration system as to when they get to me. It's like, hey, these things can be present, but you've got to be willing to show up and be excited and showing up that we're going to move through this together. Like we're excited to, to, yes, it's tough. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's vulnerable. And I'm excited to break through it versus Alexa, please help me. Um, and if anybody was listening to this out loud and you have an Alexa in your house, I bet she went off just now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, if they're coming to me and they're like, you're our last stitch effort, then my response is, when is the last time that y'all saw a therapist? Have you seen a therapist? Do you have a counselor? Because I love my favorite clients, have a therapist that they work with, ideally that they've been working with to help them process the past, whether the past was last week or three years ago or when they were teenagers or when they were children. Mm -hmm. I like the therapist to help them process the past so that I can focus on what are we going to change now so that we can create a really bright, beautiful, sexy future. So. Mm. I love that you said that though, because I found, and I'm sure you've noticed this, that sometimes people get feel like the coaches compete with a the therapist, but we do different things. Oh yeah. That's my, when someone comes to me and they want to work with me and I ask the question, so I'm curious, your counselors or therapists, have you worked with them in the past? And they say, yes, I see one regularly. I'm like, yes. Yes, because if stuff comes up when we're coaching, then I can say, amazing, bring these things, these certain things to your therapist and unpack them 
That way our calls and our time together can be really focused on changing habit, changing pattern, and, and working on the future. I love, I love, I love me mm. some therapy. Oh, I've seen Jeffrey for years. So I, I agree with therapy too. And I have a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like get yeah. the support. Get like, if you're going to go in for support, like get your A-team. Mm -hmm. Yes, my, uh, what is my best friend? Shay? She's therapy squad. That's what she calls it. Mm -hmm. Therapy squad. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love what you're saying here because I think that it, you're right. It is so important to, if you want to work with someone to say, hey, listen, are you ready to actually do the work? Because a lot of people are struggling and they're used to the struggle and the fighting and the whatever. And then that's, they don't want to do anything to change it. Yeah. And it's like just throwing money at the problem isn't going to, it's like, okay, finally, I'm going to go to therapy. Here's, um, I'm caving and doing a hundred, two fifty, even, you know, upwards of $500 an hour, depending on who you're going to, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like skill. I'm, you're going to sit down with me for an hour and I'm going to change your life. That is a skill that is you know, for, for a really amazing therapist or a really amazing coach, it's worth every single cent and more. Cause it's like, Oh, your life changes after this, as long as you do the work. So, you know, that comes with it. And, um, people sometimes are like, all right, fine, I'll do it. They'll do it begrudgingly. Maybe their partner wants them to do it. We're just going to go ahead and put more money or put money at the, the issue. But what's, what's, um, really required to show up is that you are willing to go as deep as it is required in order to evoke the cycle of change, right? Which oftentimes is very uncomfortable and a lot of times brings up stuff from the past and anger and all this. And what is the payoff? Freedom, liberation, truth, easy, um, like an, an ease-filled existence, peace, pleasure, orgasm, adventure there's so it's such a payoff and sometimes people i think that the ego is so attached to that identity of this is the struggle you know and an ego knows i can live here i can at least survive here but if you put me through this gauntlet that leads me to change i don't know if i'm going to survive <laughs> so so maybe we just throw some resistance mm -hmm. in the mix <laughs> you have a really great coach they can be like, Hey, this is resistance. What are you, what do you, what are you prepared to do? If you like come up against it? Okay, great. Let's put that plan of action in place. I'm here if you need me. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your Academy. Oh yes. So I thank you for asking. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so I, I'd been seeing um, the way that, that my coaching and programs had operated before was I would take six or seven in a small group and I work with just those people for X amount of time and I do that a handful of times in a year. And so I might have upwards of 20 clients throughout an entire year. And it's been um, a topic on my mind or a question, you know, that at some point I want to work with a lot of people at a time. Mm -hmm. I want a mass amount of change. I want the ripple effect to be even bigger. Um, I want to essentially create a movement, continue building the community. And so um, I've recently taken what I do as my signature with a small intimate group and stretched it. Um, I don't even want to say stretched it, but I've laid it out in a different format and um, adjusted the price point so that more people can participate in it. Um, so I actually just closed enrollment for the Sex and Love Academy this past weekend, and we have just under 50 people. So where I used to only be able to work with 20 over the course of an entire year, my, our first time launching it, 
in this particular format has almost 50 people getting this knowledge and information. And so Sex and Love Academy is, um, I would say my signature six week program where we go on a journey together, where we forge community. Um, people are, are growing and learning in some pretty profound, uh, you know, sometimes they come to me and they just, they wanna learn, they wanna be better at sex. They wanna be better at communication. They just, they don't wanna repeat patterns in certain relationships. Okay, that's, that's a great single thing that you're going for, but there is a slew of other things that filter into that, that ensure that you're not going to do that. It's not, you know, if it were simple, a simple three-step, five-step process, then you could open any Cosmo from the last 20 years and just mm -hmm. do the things that are in the Cosmo and you'd be well on your way. And if those things worked, then they wouldn't continue putting the same thing packaged in different ways in the same magazines or media. <laughs> So, um, you know, they come to me for like these specific things and I'm like, okay, buckle up. It's a journey. It's a fucking journey. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know if you say. Oh yeah. We say everything. Pussy, cock, <laughs> fuck, whatever. Right. Yeah. I didn't know. So that uh, <laughs> was the first time I said fuck. So, uh, yeah, people, people will come and I'm like, buckle up. We're going to go on this journey. And, and it starts from a very personal place and then it unfolds from there. Um, and I teach the basics of sex education, but in a really fun, awesome, sexy way, at least I think so. Um, and then we wind up shifting uh, and, and growing, going beyond that. So BDSM, kink, tantra, the basics of all of that, communications, authentic communication. Um, what, what does all of that mean? Having uh, conscious connections. What does that mean? Uh, the activities and the exercises that partner each of the modules are are pretty incredible and I'm I'm so excited to bring people into the academy for the first time with this inaugural class first off to tell me where my kinks the ones that need to get ironed out lie so that when I launch it again um, later in the year it's a hundred people or even 200 people that get to go on this journey together um, and if we think about it like a lot of these people have kids or they're gonna have kids um, at some point and this they essentially change what is being passed down the fear or the trauma the confusion the misunderstanding the misinformation it's really really profound yes you might come to me you want better sex and guess what you change your lineages lives like the life mm. behind you mm -hmm. based off of what you uncover as an adult now it's deep you know what i mean where it's just like yeah you're gonna you're gonna learn how to yield a flogger sure and you're also going to like change the trajectory of your life and, and your kids and beyond. So it's, it's as light as you want it to be. And it's also as deep as you want it to be. Mm, so I love my, that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I went on a sexual retreat in Costa Rica in 2018 and they talked about what you just said. It's so powerful. That's why I love the sexual work It's because she said you heal seven generations back and forward. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. I love it so much. Um, I'll throw out too that the Sex and Love University is something that I um, run more or less in tandem with the Sex and Love Academy, and it's for people who want to step into doing this work. And that's something. So while I have my academy enrollments closed, the university is open. So when this one closes, the other one opens, and it's got a whole process too. But that education is much deeper. And um, so for those that are that are listening, they're like, oh, I, I could totally see me shifting from health into sex and love. 
just, I would say, get connected with me. It might not be the right time now, and maybe in the future it is, because I only work with people who are familiar with coaching and who have a background in, in some way in coaching. Um, and that's like six month mentorship where we're, okay. where we're like deep in it, but I also business coach. So by the end of it, you, you know, who your clients are, you've had practice, you've done online workshops in my group. There's like a whole deal. And you're by the end of our program, you're taking in money for this service. So that's like a totally different thing, but it's also intertwined. Mm. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. So what final takeaway do you want to have? people that are listening have? Um, I would say if you're listening, then spend some time with yourself with some introspection and, and ask yourself some pretty, maybe it's deep, maybe it's not as deep depending on where you are in your journey. Ask yourself some deep questions. Are you, are you excited by the idea of going on a sexual development journey, my favorite way to phrase it. Mm -hmm. What are you curious about? Is there room for growth? Which I'm sure that there is. And that's fun because being human gets to be fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then once you have an idea of like, oh, this is where I am, then ideally this is where I'd love to go. Maybe that's new experiences. Maybe that's more adventure. Maybe that's um, tough conversation, setting you free. Who, who, what, who knows what that is? Only you. And then, um, my takeaway would be once you have sat with yourself, maybe you've journaled, then take some action. You know, is there like some educational pieces that you could really benefit from, whether that's more STI education? You know, there's a huge percentage of the population that's living with, with HSV2 you know, genital herpes. Mm -hmm. and it's so common. And I think that it's absolutely unnecessary, the amount of shame and stigma that is surrounding something that is so common. Um, there's so much shame and stigma around chlamydia and gonorrhea, and it's one antibiotic for a lot of people. It's one pill and it's gone. Yes. And it's, it's a big deal. So it's, you know, if there's judgment or there's shame or there's whatever it is, whatever comes up for you, sexlessness, can't, you know, having trouble orgasming, whatever it is, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Because if you continue doing whatever you're doing right now, that thing is going to stay. So what are you going to do about, about it? And there's programs. I'm sure there's some that you have Haley. Like I have the sex and love Academy. There's so many people that you can learn from that are available. Well, I say there's so many, there's not that many people doing what we do <laughs> enough for yes. all y'all listening to choose someone and even if it's following an Instagram account you wouldn't normally follow so that you can read the captions that help you grow. And then maybe one day you do a program. Amazing. If, if that's where you are on the journey, start somewhere. Maybe it's you go to a kink workshop when COVID's not a thing. You know, whatever it is, wherever that next step is, plan out where that next step is and take some action. So that's my, that's my thing. Take, that's mm. my thing. I love that as a takeaway though, because I think that curiosity is a really, you know, whatever you're curious, curious about and then keep following that. Yep. Um, okay. So what, where can everybody find you? And then. Yeah. So, um, my Instagram at that sex check, that's a, a great place to start. 
Um, other than that, because when you find my Instagram, you'll see that my link tree, my link in bio has all kinds of cool things that you can do. Um, it'll tell you what programs are open for enrollment. It'll also, it always has the link to our community. It's free. You can join at any time. There's a couple of barriers to entry just because of the, the type of discussion that we're having in there. Um, and the fact that it is co-ed and it's multi-denominational, multi-ethnicities, it's just all, it's, it's huge. Um, and the group is called the Kaleidoscope right now. We're getting ready to go through a name change because I'm that sex chick. So it's going to shift to that sex group <laughs> um, soon. So I would say find me on Instagram at that sex chick and uh, click my link in bio and see what cool things are, you know, available for now. Okay. Sounds great. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we got to do this interview. Yeah, me too. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, you're welcome. I will definitely post all your links below. Thank you for joining me. Everybody be sure to follow you on Instagram. Love everything you're doing. Like, comment, share the podcast so we can grow. And I will talk with you beautiful people later.